Welcome, everybody, to the Horns Down podcast with your host, Chris Griffin, and that guy, Seth Oliveris. We are here today to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly from the Tulane game. Also, we're going to preview the next game against Western Carolina, and we're going to talk about some other big games that's happening this week around college football. Um, I definitely will say that I uh, have an upset for uh, our brethren down there in the uh, Stillwater parts of Oklahoma. So, um, <clears throat> hey, County, what's up? <laughs> but anyways, uh, Seth, what's up, man? How you doing? Man, you know, well, I'm actually feeling pretty good uh, considering that just a few days ago I was I was pretty uh, – hurting with some some kind of sickness i don't know what it was maybe it was just maybe what it really was was uh the the aftermath of that that two lane game that we're about to dig into a little bit um just kind of how that transpired probably got me sick but uh i mean overall though i'm okay you know so i'm just ready for this second second weekend of like you know full weekend of football so you know i know that's definitely going to pick up my spirits for sure all right well Let's go ahead and jump right into it. Let's go ahead. Let's uh, let's get right to it. Let's let's talk about the uh, you know the ugly part. What was the ugly part for you? Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'd say the ugliest. I mean, I tried to <clears throat> I tried to get a little more specific about this, just because I mean there's a lot that we can you know go on about it. But for me in particular, some of the really the things I just I just did not like to see um, third down offense for OU and fourth down defense for OU. In uh, yeah, yeah, fourth down defense for OU. I, those two, you know, situations in particular, I felt if OU would just shore those up, both of those. I mean, this would have obviously been a completely different game. Yeah. Um, OU on third down on offense, OU was three of twelve, and on defense, uh, stopping Tulane or attempting to stop Tulane, they were four they they allowed Tulane to convert four of six. And that I mean it's just I mean neither of those those stats can go like that in a game. And you know if this if if Tulane's a better opponent, we might be looking at a season opening loss. You know, like that's that's how bad it was. So yeah, like you, you gotta you gotta know situation situational football. And it's like and yeah it's 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 nice when you can stop at Tulane on third down, but when you know they're in you know they're in a fourth down territory or they're just the mentality is you know they got nothing to lose because they didn't have anything to lose in that game they're, they're you know they're just gonna play with all their chips on the table so you gotta know that and like it just it didn't it didn't seem like it didn't seem like they played like they knew that and I don't know I don't know where that starts I don't know if it was just a, a coaching thing or was it some of the players but as a team that those two things in particular just, just cannot, cannot go on. And I got, I got another thing that I'll add. Maybe we'll talk about in the bad, but I'd like to hear what you got to say about either that or maybe something that stood out to you as far as ugly. So, uh, you know, being there at the game physically, I would definitely say that uh, it, it, I agree with you on those two fronts. I mean, they ran the same play every single time with that, uh, that tight end. He was right there in the middle the entire time. Um, I guess the ugliest thing for me, honestly, maybe it wasn't the defense, but it was the uh, lack of push that we had from the offensive line. Uh, granted, I think you had maybe two or three starters out, and, you know, Andrew Raymond didn't really play all that much, 
but you're still looking at the fact that, hey, we're OU, we should be able to run the ball because outside of Kennedy Brooks, no no other running back that played that game, you know, a la uh, Eric Gray, he couldn't really get off that game. Uh, definitely would say that uh, one thing I didn't like about Eric Gray, he, he was dancing a little bit too much for me. But other than that, you know, I thought he fought really hard for yards and everything, and I think it will get better. Um, I think probably the ugliest thing that I saw was just the fact that we we went out there and we played um, basically our Baylor game. And that's – I mean, that's exactly how they played against Baylor. It was just like misassignment, this and that. They ran a lot of gadget plays. They ran – here's the thing that I have to say to a lot of people. Um, Tulane has – Tulane runs a different offense than they, have, than they have in the past. We know that. They spread it out now. But the problem is, is that um, Tulane still runs some things that you're not going to see a lot during the year. So that's your Liberty plays and different things and, you know, wheel routes and stuff. It's, it's a lot of concepts. You're going to see a lot of motion, a lot of different things like that, but you're not going to see some of those same concepts from a lot of teams because that's just not who they are. They may or may not have the personnel to run that that type of offense. But um, I would just say from over, overall scheme-wise, I thought it was ugly. You know, keep it extremely vanilla. Let's run, you know, butter plays that we run and we usually get a lot of yards off of. Let's try to fit it into here. Just overall scheme and just from an overall standpoint, that's what I kind of felt was lacking. And I thought that was probably possibly the ugliest thing in the game besides the offensive line play. <clears throat> yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And to that point, especially about like Tulane and kind of the offense they run and, and everything and how kind of, you know, it, it there, there was a lot of things going on there. I will give credit to, to Tulane specifically, you know, head coach Willie Fritz, like that dude's probably got, He's probably got more experience than maybe any head coach on OU schedule. Um, yeah. Like he's just been around the game forever. So I think with that and him being there, he's been in. He's been at Tulane now for about four or five years. Like I don't know, he's not gonna. I don't think he's gonna turn Tulane into like a you know the next Boise State or uh, UCF kind of level group of five team. But he's got them playing. You know in a way that they, they're going to compete in most of the games they're in this season uh, that they're playing in. So, and and they're going to compete because of stuff like that. They, they're, they're, they're good at game planning. They're good at making a, adjustments. And then whenever he finds something that works, he's not going to shy away from it. And clearly it was working from the get go. And they just said, Hey, we're going to keep, we're going to keep going to this, this play or these looks. And if OU is going to keep kind of, diddling around <laughs> then they're gonna have to yeah. they're gonna pay for it so like i mean it's just yeah it's like and i mean like you you know the offensive line should be able to push around two lane a, a two lane d line um yeah, just right. from a physical standpoint so like a lot of that like shouldn't like as far on the other side of the ball shouldn't have even happen but you know we're gonna work that stuff out especially when they get bodies like you said but yeah that's that's how i i'm i'm trying to look at it going into this next weekend um you know as far as just going from the ugly parts let's go to the bad you know let's downgrade a bit um i would say the, the only bad thing that i saw was just the fact that you didn't really see how to say this i'm not going to say there was a huge drop off 
whenever the, uh, they made all those rotations, all the significant rotations that they made, the excessive amount. But it just seemed like there was a piss poor level of communication amongst the subs and you saw a lot of those some of those big yardage plays you know what i'm saying it just, you're talking about all defense right yeah the subs. defense so it just seemed like with the subs it just didn't it didn't really help because it seemed like there was a miscommunication and that's kind of where i would say that that's where i would particularly say that's what i would particularly say was bad was uh not maybe not the amount of substitutions that you made, but also, but it's just the, the the level of communication between them to make sure that hey, this is my assignment, that's my assignment. Let's keep what they what they've done. We got them in third and twelve. We got them in third and eight. We got them in third and long, but we're giving up plays right there in the middle, and we're giving up stretch plays that they're just you know dinking and dunking down the field, and so they're trying to work the field, and it, it just it was just bad. So yeah. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I, <clears throat> I totally agree with you. And my bad is also very closely related to that. So that's that's interesting that you picked that because yeah, I mean, I saw Alex Grinch talk about it earlier this week in his press conference saying how they subbed I think thirty-one guys on or they played thirty-one guys total on defense, which is like I'd have to go back, but that's gotta be one of the higher numbers of <laughs> number of defensive players to make an appearance in a game in a while for OU. <clears throat> and that's and this wasn't a game where like oh they just put in the second third and fourth stringers in at the end because it's a blowout like no obviously <laughs> it was a one possession game so it definitely wasn't that wasn't the case so and that'll tighten up for sure but you kind of it it kind of makes me I don't know like I don't know was Alex Grinch was is was he really just looking to kind of get a good look at a lot of these guys or was are there really that many questions or jobs that were still up for grabs or what or I just kind of like I'm kind of confused at like what he was doing there um and as far as like when he was the timing that was my problem too like like you like you said like you didn't really have a problem necessarily with the amount of guys coming in but for me it was like the timing like it'd be in the middle of a drive uh the two lanes moving the ball and then and just it kind of didn't even seem like there was no rhyme or reason but all of a sudden Oh, you would do a, like a whole line change or like sub out their their entire linebacker core. Like they would sub like whole units out at once, and it's like instead of just like one guy here or there for like a situation, it just kind of seemed like it was just almost just like uh, throwing darts at a dartboard and just like all right, like here yeah. we go. Like, and I just I don't know. Like I don't want to see that in a in a game that means something. Like obviously all these games are going to mean something, you know, in the regular season, but it just. I don't know. It kind of left me like wondering. I'm, I'm looking. This is all pretty much directed at you know Alex Grinch because he's the buck stops with him as far as um, defensive guy. You know who comes in, who goes, and everything. So even though he's not coaching every unit on that or every position on the defense, but he's he's the one who has the the, the final say so as far as when those guys come out and who comes in. So um, yeah, I just I want to see that a little bit cleaner. I think mm-hmm. we will. So that's why I'm not I'm not even like close to. You know, worried about it right right now, but and, you know, and that's where that's where I would go ahead and segue into the good. Okay, the good portion is, and let's just cut to the point. I'm not worried about this team. Um, agreed, agreed. The the biggest thing, I, and I, I don't know, there's a there's a 
big section of fans. And don't get me wrong. Let, let's start it off like this. That performance towards the end of the game, inexcusable. It can't happen. We're supposed to be a championship team. We're supposed to be championship caliber, champ you, all the rest of that, so on and so on. It can't happen. We need more consistency. However, to all the fans who are saying bench Spencer, to all the fans who are saying fire Lincoln Riley, to all the fans who are saying this team is not that is not uh, as advertised, to all the fans who are saying this, all I have to say is, is that it's one game. Okay, it's one game. I am not worried about any of that. Oh, uh, to to point out to uh, let's let's point out to your fact. You're sitting there and watching the game, and you're saying, "Man, Perry, uh, Benito, uh, Woody, and all them—they're doing really good." Oh, we're on third and eight now. Boom! Here comes a a big sub. Here comes a mass sub. And. You're just looking at it like, what the heck, man? We were getting, we we're about to get them off the field. Like, why are we doing that? And you saw that. That's the reason why we got that stop. Um, you know, some yeah, people, yeah. people say that, oh, well, he he actually didn't know he didn't get that. Like they stopped. Um, but you see the disruption, you see the flow. I think the 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 good thing is that a game like that last year, you lose that game, K State. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like um, the same situation. Yeah. Up. A big in the second half, and then I, I think that you know I told my uncle I was texting him. It's like, hey, a game like this right here is really good for feel um, uh, to go and see what a team like that can do to get you out of your your scheme, out of your flow, out of your motion, and everything and stuff. Um, it's great to see your stuff on film against a team like that and see what other teams, how other teams will attack you, but also figure out, uh, you know, ways to attack teams like that and prepare. It's great for film. It's great to see a lot of guys out there. Um, you definitely saw some good things, uh, especially through a pick on the, on the second, second, um, I mean, on the second play of the game. They go down 7 0, they bounce back. Halftime, you're up 34-24. I mean, you're up 34-14. So there's a lot of good things to take out of it. Everybody looked good. Everybody looked healthy. It's just the fact that we had so many dang subs. And I get it. It was hot outside. We get cramps. We keep people fresh. But the beauty of the situation is, is that there's a lot of football to be played. There's a lot of improvement to be made. And each week we're going to improve. And the thing that people got to take, take of this right here, this is preseason football. Okay, so we got them, and, and I, th- I think a, what a lot of people don't understand. Now I was telling Caleb at the gym the other day. I said, "Hey, um, what people are are failing to realize is the fact that OU has four home games, and they just played that uh, their first home game, so they have three more. So what does that tell me? You have Western Carolina who comes in here this weekend." You have Nebraska who comes next weekend, and then you have a West Virginia who comes that last weekend uh, in September, I believe. So what does that tell me? That tells me we have uh, three games to get everything right before we go on the road to K-State and then take on Texas. I'm excited about that. I'm happy with that. Nebraska, say what you want to say about them. That'll be a, another gauging stick to see if this team is really going to take it serious or not. Are they really going to be mentally tough? And I think that's where, right now, I think 
that's the problem. And I think people are not saying that. They're just wanting to point out particular things. They're not saying this team, this team just not really tough right now. But it's the first game of the year. So I'm telling you now, their first game of football is going to be a lot different than the Big 12 championship game of football that they play. But I think there's, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and downplay the performance, but I mean, you know, there's a lot of excuses we can make, but I'm not going to make them. You know, this is supposed to be the year, so let's make it the year. Alabama handled that team, but a lot of teams struggled out there. A lot of teams struggled out there. Notre Dame should have lost. And I hate doing that because we all know OU beats OU. It's never the other team. It's, well, it's outside of LSU that year. But uh, it's always OU. OU gets in their own way. So, uh, yeah. What's your thoughts, Seth, about the good from the good? Yeah, man, I I echo all those all those sentiments you you got. Um, you know, I think, you know, obviously the when they went and scored thirty straight points uh, from the uh, end of the first quarter through halftime, uh, that's like that's the OU that everybody you know was expecting to see, and so obviously it's there. Like they proved it that they can do it. It's it's, it's just a matter of you know everything that transpired in the second half as far as you know shoring that kind of stuff up that's the stuff they got to work on. And, and I totally agree with you when you say, you know, this is, this is good because th- this is the perfect kind of game, you know, for film because they got the win. So they don't have to worry about, Oh, they got a loss. They got the win, but they got plenty that they can actually go back to and see like clear evidence of where each guy needs to, you know, make improvements. And I think that Nebraska game now that now after, after this Saturday, that Nebraska game looks like it's in the perfect spot for the schedule because you got Western Carolina coming up this weekend. There's no, there's not going to be any uh, doubt about what happens in that game, obviously. Um, so, but with this two lane game, you know, fresh, they're going to be able to directly apply whatever they, whatever changes, whatever things they want to do in a game, a, a game against Western Carolina that they'll be able to do that. And then, They'll have after that, after those two weeks, these first two weeks, that'll be enough time, enough distance between that first game and then coming into the Nebraska game. And then they're going to they're going to have a plenty of tape on Nebraska, too, because Nebraska is going to have three games on film uh, by the time they, they start really prepping for them. Yeah. By the time you start because they play in week zero. So like they got they're going to have plenty of tape on themselves and their opponent and while also they should be improving as we expect they will from week one to week two. They're going to make probably some drastic improvements is what we're probably both get both guessing. So, and and think, we'll go ahead. I, go ahead. I was just going to say, and, I, and I, I think that you're going to see a lot of things drastically, like, you know, improve, but you're also going to see things happen that you didn't necessarily see in that game. I think that going forward, Maybe not as much as this game as well, but I think you're definitely going to see um, the run game, you know, be be an integral part of the offense again because that was the problem. I I feel like with that two lane game as well, we didn't run the ball enough. But when you're sitting there with two scholarship backs, you're kind of that's a whole bunch of things. Okay, we're not Lincoln Riley. We don't know what he was thinking, but. If I'm just guessing, I'm thinking, one, you don't want to get your running backs hurt. Two, you don't want to get anybody hurt defensively. Three, you're saying, you know what, Um, my Jimmys are better than your Joes, you know. 
I can I'm it, I know that you're wanting to play a whole X and O game and that's working for you, but at the same time I know I'm gonna win this game. So let's just keep it extremely vanilla, run a couple of plays here and there that we're trying to get a look at, and then also just run some stuff that we've ran in the past. It was like a combination of games. It was like the Baylor game, OSU game, and then um I would say also like the Texas game as well. Um, you know, another good thing, you got three takeaways. You should have had four. Billy Bowman, Billy Bowman's real. Billy Bowman's real. Yeah. Um that was another I one. Like, I like what I see from Eric from each side of the ball in spurts. It's just can we put four quarters of football together? You know? Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of what you're looking at. But I don't I don't really have a problem with this team going forward. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that was another one of my goods as well was those three fumble recoveries. Um, I I feel like last year, to an extent last year, but definitely in years past, OU doesn't get those fumble recoveries. Like fumble recoveries were even more rare than interceptions for this defense at one point, Like which which is crazy because if anybody's been paying attention the last few years, like interceptions have not come in bunches for OU. Like, I mean – outside of like Trey Norwood last year where he had like five by himself. But, but um, yeah, so, so that was nice to see. And then lastly, um, as far as like a player that I really liked and, and the, obviously had a good game. I mean, there's no denying it. Freaking Gabe Burkage. Oh, yeah. My gosh. Like, I mean, yeah, he missed that little gimme one. I don't even know how short it was, but he made four or five, three over 50. Y'all. I mean, goodness. Like we all we all knew he was a weapon, but I mean he's a game changer. He's like I, at this point, if OU's inside the forty, it's it should be points, whether it's a touchdown or a field goal. Like if you if OU gets inside the opponent's forty yard yard line, it should be a wrap. It should be points. Like, yeah. Barring, no, and, like and that, that's that's what you think with Gabe. You know he's good good to miss one here and here and now, but. Making those definitely stretched out that that game, um, and, and like I said, I think if you run the ball, you probably don't even see him most of that game. If you if you're able to actually establish the run and do some things, right, um, right. But all in all, I would give that game. I'd probably give them like a C minus for that. Oh, overall, yeah, overall, I'd probably give them a C minus. What about you? Yeah. Yeah, just because like you know, I can never, I can never get in good conscience give anything lower than that because it's still a win. Yeah. And then I definitely, I definitely couldn't get up to a B because of like we said, there was, there's a lot that this team needs to work on and stuff and just, I mean, the coaches especially. So yeah, I'm probably right there with you, right at a C minus, like maybe a C, like in the middle between C and C, C minus, C plus. But yeah, I'll, I'll go with C minus as well. I think, um, I think one of the things that we have to that we definitely talk about is it's just the fact that you know if you look around the college football landscape look at the top three teams from the ACC you could be one of them right now <laughs> oh my gosh I mean let's just be real Tulane is probably going to go five and seven this year I don't know I don't know I think they're going better than that. And, and not just go, like I want to say that. Look, no, five and seven. They'll go. They'll go. They'll go seven and five, six and six this year. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm, I'm. I'm more aligned. I think. Yeah. They're definitely going bowling. Is was my my prediction. So, yeah, we'll, we'll say they're going bowling. But 
let's not act like Virginia Tech is just this, oh my gosh, Virginia Tech is just really good. No, Virginia Tech showed us what we already thought, and that's that North Carolina is not that good. Okay? No. So what I have to say about that is that you could be North Carolina or Clemson in a position. One, North Carolina's never even been here before. So you're kind of in a, in a place where I don't know what to do about that. And then two, come on now. Let's think about Clemson. Clemson is, I mean, from what I've seen on Twitter and Instagram and everything, their fans are just, I mean, they don't know what to do. They want to this is the first time I ever heard them wanting to fire a, an offensive coordinator. I guess they, they talked about the Taj Ward years, but, I mean, don't get me wrong, their quarterback, DJ Ungulele, whatever his name is, he he's damn good, but at the same time, like, man. You, you know, I'm – Yeah, when, when, they, when they got that pick and um, – yeah, they, when they got the pick six, I said that's a game because they yeah, yeah. want to be able to score on each other. Defensively, yeah. they're 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 beasts again, but I I don't know. But my point with all that is is the fact that if you're OU, just think about it. That could be you right now. Yeah, you have one loss. Clemson's gonna have to go undefeated for the rest of the year. And the thing about it is, is that I mean. They should yep. go undefeated, but you're still looking at some of those games like North Carolina State. Um, there's a few teams on there. I'm just like, hey, that's not a bad game. That's not a bad game. But um, like I said, at least you're not in that position. And yep. then um, just let's let it be known, all right? I got love for at Nino's Corner. I got love for a fanatic perspective, but I ain't got no love for Texas. What I saw from them was just like, okay. And I keep telling Texas fans, look, y'all had a really good game against them, and y'all won, and that's great. Y'all won by 20. But we still didn't really get any answers uh, to any of the questions that we had about you guys. Because, for one, that quarterback had a terrible outing for Louisiana. I thought that he was going to ball out, but he didn't really have that good of a game. He was overthrowing. Uh, he was like Landry Jones out there. He kind of once he got hit, well, he got hit one time, and I think he started hearing footsteps after that. And that boy was leaving the pocket every time. But you know, it is what it is. But I will say this right here: I tell Texas fans that I've been telling Texas fans this for the past few days. So y'all got to understand when you play a good team. And I'm not even talking about OU. Let's just talk about TCU, who you struggle with. And you know Gary Patterson is going to have a game plan. Um, Arkansas is going to have a game plan. How many times do you want Bijan to bounce off of three or four guys? I mean, how many times do you expect him to bounce off of three or four guys and take take the uh, take it home for a 40-yard touchdown? That's not going to happen. It's not realistic. So you could use him as a wide receiver and all this and get him 20 30 touches a game, but I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you. Watching that game, I thought he had broke his back. Did you did you see that hit that? Yeah, yeah. it reminded it's me of it's it's like the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Every yeah. like game he has an awkward play like that where I'm like, you got to start protecting yourself, son, because you're gonna get hurt, seriously injured, and you're gonna mess up your career. Because it's like they something. He just ends up taking the most awkward hits and the most awkward landings, and I'm just like, that's that's 
something to kind of like be, be wary of. Um, how did you feel about Hudson Card? Man, you know, I, I don't, I feel like I didn't learn a lot. I feel like I kind of saw what I expected. We're like, I thought he was going to make some plays, whatever, you know, he had, he, he had a pretty good day out of his uh, receiving core for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't wowed or anything by it. Like I definitely want to see him up and get, see him up against a, like just a more highly touted defense and we'll probably get that. Hopefully, you know, we'll hopefully Arkansas has got a, a good game plan. Cause I would like to see what he can do whenever, you know, obviously the, the crowd's going to be lit in uh, Fayetteville. So, we're gonna see how he does against that kind of pressure, and then just you know better athletes. Um, so I, I feel like I didn't learn a ton from him. I kind of just saw what I expected, where like he's gonna make yeah. some plays, but he didn't like wow me or anything. But I mean, uh, going back to like uh, kind of what I saw from Texas also uh, this weekend, I I think it's. I mean, we didn't really see a lot of it this weekend from OU, but right now it still looks like Texas's biggest weakness plays into OU's biggest or one of their biggest strengths, which is Texas, the, the Texas O-line and the OU D-line, because the Texas O-line was very underwhelming. I think they were rated like one of the worst O-lines by, I don't know who it was, it might have been pro football focus or something. Out of all the college football this weekend, they were just they were just bad, like pass protection, you know, run blocking, like the whole gambit, it was just not good. Um Luckily for Texas, you know, they their their running backs were making plays and you know wide receivers were making plays too. So like but we all know it starts up front and if if, if there's a D line that ever starts to disrupt that O line, um, getting in the backfield and everything, it's the rest of that that offense is just gonna stop. So I mean it's and if if OU's old, uh, D line plays like it like we expect it to, and like you said, like whenever those those dudes, the dudes that should be out there are out there mm-hmm. consistently they're going to eat. And like, if, if this doesn't change between now and the, the red river game, like it's, it might be in a classic uh, Alex Grinch versus Texas uh, multi-sack game where, you know, that's, that's where the, the game lives and dies. Defensively. I would say, um, I know Texas is going to have some for, for Rattler. They're going to try to confuse him and say, yeah, fit it into this window and stuff. That's, I mean, hell that's, that, that was, Tara Lando's scheme against Kyler, uh, you know, um, I think even against, you know, was Tyra Lando there for when they, uh, when they played Baker? I can't remember. I believe he was. <clears throat> yeah. Like 2017. Yeah. 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 So, so, you know, I think that's notorious for what they're going to do. I think that's what a lot of teams in the big 12 are going to do, but, and I don't think they're going to be totally successful outside of, when you're playing man schemes like that, you know, a lot, I don't think that you're going to be that successful. I think that you have to kind of play a scheme like Iowa State almost to the point where we're just going to keep everything in front of us. We're not going to let them have big plays. But then again, I mean, you know, you saw Rattler kind of shred them up for big yardage, yardage plays last year in the Big 12 championship game. But back to Texas. Um, Hudson Card, Charlie Brewer, 2.0. That's exactly who he is. Uh, when I see uh, the way that he plays, I, I I automatically assume that what we'll see is um, basically the same thing that happened against Baylor when we had to come back during Jalen's year. 
not to the point where we have to come back and make a huge, you know, push to win that game. But basically, um, at first, you're going to see a lot of focus be placed on uh, Bijan. And so with, you know, Sark really loving that RPO game, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to put um, – uh, Hudson Card out there in space to try to get him to kind of make some moves or whatnot. When OU tightens up, then that'll obviously get squashed. But I definitely think you're going to see um, Arkansas this weekend load that box. Uh, I don't think you're going to see sloppy tackling from them. And, you know, with them running that multiple look or whatnot, like the 3 2, you know, 6 or whatnot, whatever they run, they, that 4 2 5, 3 2 6, Whichever defense they run, I can't remember right now, but they uh, are going to cause problems for Texas. Um, Arkansas is going to definitely uh, make this a grinded, grinded out game. Uh, I was expecting Arkansas to be somewhat explosive this year, but seeing how they did against Rice, I really don't know what to say because it seemed like they were struggling against Rice until they finally just said, okay, let's put our foot on their necks and let's go. But it's going to be a great game. Six o'clock, I'll be flipping back and forth, um, uh, you know, trying to watch this OU game and kind of see. We're not going to learn anything from this week. But at the same time, I just want to see, is are these players being consistent? What are we doing? So not only that, but I'll be flipping back and forth just trying to see what the heck is Texas going, going to do because I think – this is going to be one of those games that tells you tells you a lot about what Texas is supposedly bringing this year to the Big 12. Because right now, as it stands, Texas is back. And Texas is coming for the Big 12. Texas is going to win the Big 12. And that's all I'm hearing. So what's your thoughts? <clears throat> yeah, I mean – this is a big game, obviously, for for uh, for Texas. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, especially, you know, in his first season now uh, in Austin. So, yeah, like that. If they win, if, if Texas gets the win, they're gonna be they're gonna fall again up the up the the rankings. And it looks like I mean they're still they got some other games like that they could you know potentially mess around with and, and fall if uh, you know before the Red River game, but. Uh, it's just gonna set them up pretty nicely, and honestly, like I, it's, I, you know, obviously we we all love around here. We all love to see Texas lose, but it could end up working out in in, in the OU's and the Big 12's favor if Texas does, you know, kind of win this and go on a little run, because you know that that elevates the status of this conference. It elevates the status of that rivalry game, you know, and and. Right now, OU, um, not that they're, you know, not that they lost the control of their own destiny, but, you know, having a marquee game, like having that game as like a marquee game again against a marquee opponent, you know, it does things. It does things for just, you know, viewers. It does things for, you know, the, the, the committee whenever they get together later this year. So it's, it's definitely going to be, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be like this weekend's going to have a lot of ramifications going down the, you know, down the season, you know, depending on what happens. And I mean, it's, it, I'm almost looking at it as a win-win in that, in that way, because of that, because, you know, you know, one way, either way, you know, there's, it can play out good for OU. So I kind of, I disagree with that. I think regardless, you're going to, it's going to be a big game. 
it's always a big game, regardless of if OU's ranked in the top five and Texas is ranked in uh, number 17 or number 21. It's always going to be a good game. It's a rivalry game. So, you know, things, some unpredictable things happen. Um, I think that, uh, and, you know, this is not even me hating Texas. I, I just don't think that it's really that big of a deal for you to be able to promote that game and for people to watch. People love to hate it. Outside of the Big 12, obviously people in the Big 12 hate OU. But outside of the Big 12 and outside of OU fans, obviously everybody around the country, all they want to do is just bash the Big 12 and bash OU. Oh, they're pretenders, they're this, they're that. Um, but you respect them. And so I, I think regardless of what happens on Saturday, I think there'll still be a lot of hype around that game because um, – and the funny thing is, the funny thing is that Texas has kind of a mini gauntlet because once you get out of, uh, once you get past Rice, I believe you have Texas Tech, then you have TCU, then you have OU, and then after that, I believe you have O State. So, I mean, <laughs> it's. You know, it's it's pretty tough sledding over there because that those are those are all going to be really really grimy games or whatnot. And you know, um, that TCU game is going to tell a lot as well. I, I really feel like because defensively, that's going to give us really good film to see not only what TCU's doing, but also what Texas is really doing. And I think that's what this game gives you this weekend too. So um, I know I'm I'm definitely looking for. Uh, Texas to come out, put up a good showing, but I'm definitely looking for them, you know, to lose that game. Uh, I would say by a touchdown. That's your final, your official, official call. If Texas wins the game, it'll be by ten. Uh, if if they if Arkansas wins the game, it'll it'll be by a touchdown. So. I'm going to say the score will be – I want to say the score will be 27-20. And I think I went – I had that same score for the uh, Louisiana game last week, which that didn't happen. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think it said? Uh, I don't have a score for that one, but I do see uh... – I got Arkansas winning that one, and I know I picked I picked Louisiana to beat Texas last uh, last week, so I'm definitely not a you know on a hot streak or anything. But I just think that the environment. If this was in Austin, I think I'll probably go with Texas. Yeah. But I feel like there's just a lot of young or new guys, both on the staff and that uh, the team that this is it's in. That's an old rivalry that's being you know renewed at least it's for the season. So there's a lot of that there's a lot of Arkansas fans that can't wait for this weekend, you know, and so that that's going to be one of the more hostile environments, uh, maybe the most hostile environment we've seen so far in college football yet the, this season, because you know the biggest game last week that was a neutral site, you know, Georgia Clemson, so that wasn't uh, as hostile as it could have been if it was somewhere else. And then there's just some other games, but that you know, that just this, this is going to be a night game. Big time pro, you know, programs that have a lot of history with each other, both programs that are trying to get back to relevance. Um, Arkansas is obviously further off than Texas, I would say, right now. 
Um, but probably not much. I mean, some people might be surprised um, to see in the, in the next year or so where, where Arkansas is. They're actually, I think they're ascending. So with all that, yeah, I, I'm going with Arkansas. I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll definitely be, you know, decided in the fourth quarter. I don't think it's going to be a blowout one way or the other, but I got Arkansas uh, just holding on for the win at the end, um, however they do it, whether it's a shootout or a slugfest, but it's, it's going to be a woo pig suey at the end of this one. I, I, I would love for it to be a blowout, to be honest with you. You already know how I feel about it. I want to, hey, stump a mud hole in the boys. But, um, yeah. no, like I said, you know, and, and I think I think our friend Caleb, uh, I think he had a, I think he had a great take on it, which he just said, you know, hey, man, I know I gave you crap about OU, but I will say that and he's a Texas fan for you guys who are wondering who he is. But he basically said, I know I gave you crap for OU, but I can't judge a team off of, off of one week. It's hard to do that. Like, you know, I know what you guys are going to do. I know we're going to be there with you. And he gives a realistic perspective about Texas because he says nine and three for them this year would be amazing. And I said, you know what? I'm fine with that. <laughs> okay. I'm fine with that. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, I don't. I really don't feel like they showed us anything. K-State, K-State exceeded my expectations in that game. But then again, I think we talked about it. Does David Shaw have a quarterback for Stanford? But you're looking at that and you're saying, eh, no, obviously not. He always feels a great defense, but just offensively, you know, they see a lot of three and outs over there. I'll say that. Yeah, well, Deuce, Deuce Vaughn definitely uh, picking up where he left off. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, that's that's going to be a, a pro- he's going to be a problem for the Big Twelve. Uh, yeah. No, he'll definitely he'll definitely be a problem. I you know what I thought for the most part you know going back to the OU Tulane game our run defense was pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah, they didn't lot of, they didn't let much get away from them. Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely the passes, you know, over the middle, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that was definitely, that was definitely what kind of plagued them during that game. Um, so segue segueing into uh, the preview for this weekend, uh, Western Carolina. Obviously, we know F- FCS opponent. Um, Western Carolina didn't have the best year last year. Now that they'll come in here to run. Uh, their offense, run their scheme, run their plays, or whatnot. Are you are you seeing another two lane type game? Or are you seeing a a thrashing this week? I'm seeing a thrashing. Yeah, like like you said, uh, they they uh, they they didn't have a very good season last year. They got they actually got blown out. I, I don't have the stats on it um, ready for this, but they got blown out by most of the teams they played last year. That in those were FCS teams. So if they didn't make any uh, drastic improvements. Which I don't think that I don't believe they have. Um, they're 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 going to be playing uh, one of the big boys now. So, yeah, I think especially with how last week went, this team, this this OU team that the leaders on it, they're going to come out. They're going to be ready from the go. I, it's just going to be. It's I'm not I'm not predicting it to be you know a shutout, but that's definitely on the table. I feel like this this is in the realm of that, and I think it's going to be. I think OU's going to get over 50. Um, I think it's just everything's going to be working. You know, there's not going to be a lot of glaring, you know, problems that we see in this game because there's just 
they're just going to be able to handle this team with whatever they want to do. So, yeah, I, I just see like a, a stat padding game for pretty much everybody, you know, on both sides of the ball. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to be worried about this one. But I do want to see just like cleaner, just everything be cleaner. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, and, and that's that's really going to be the only big takeaway as far as like if they can just look like they kind of learned from last week and are starting to apply because we won't really see that until the next week. Obviously, we won't see the, you know, what differences are because the just, just based on the opponent. So here's a couple of things that I want to see in this game. Um, I want to see more of Billy Bowman. I want to see more of uh, Jeremiah Cradell. I want to see them both at that at that uh, nickel position. I also I want to see uh, uh, Latrell McCutcheon. I thought he I thought he for when he was out there in the game he yeah yeah he looked that part. I haven't seen that in a while. Uh, I remember they had, they had a guy going in motion one of their wide receivers for Tulane. Who's going in motion? He uh, ran across. He came back. He was lined up uh, behind, I believe, one of the offensive linemen or, or, uh, or tight end in that in that situation. So on that play, he started chopping his feet. He started moving real fast. The trouble cushion ran with him, came with him, started chopping his feet, and was just watching, just watching. Oh boy, fake inside. McCutcheon went with him, came right back when he got that when he caught that pass in the flat. McCutcheon was right there tackling him. I was like, hey. That kid is going to be special right there. I was like, that's that's what I've been looking for for the longest with our DBs. Like, you want to attack me, go ahead and attack me, but just know you're going to put him in harm's way. And next time you do that, I'm going to pick, I'm going to, I'm going to take that to the house. So, um, definitely love his grittiness and his griminess as well. Was he the one that they that blew up the quarterback that over the middle and they he, called like Lawrence? Oh no, that was Lawrence. That's right. That's right. And they called that bull crap unnecessary. Uh, yeah, run. targeting. Yeah. But it was like my thing was like, yeah, it wasn't targeting after they reviewed it, but like they could still tacked on the unnecessary roughness. And it's like, well, what is this? This is football. Like you blow people up if you hit them in the ribs. That you hit them in the ribs. Like yeah, I don't. Hey, I man, didn't. Know what was unnecessary? That crack kid took a beating. Yeah, I, I I can imagine how he felt on Sunday morning. Oh my gosh, oh I my mean, gosh! <laughs> we, thought Kansas, we thought the Kansas quarterback was running for his life, but Jesus, I mean, oh boy, was literally limping out there. I think yeah. he may have had a concussion because they were putting they put a foot in his ass. That yeah. yeah, I mean, all I know is this: when he go back to New Orleans. I hope they they that some somebody his mom his dad probably gonna call him and they probably called him after the game. It's like man, they gave you a country boy ass whoop. Yeah. But you played a hell of a game though, so you gotta give it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, guess. I I guess I guess I, like I said, I just want to see Chris football, great football. I want to see uh, I want to send a message. We're not to be messed with. We're not to be played with. You're still gonna have to look at us. Okay, I get that Alabama is everybody's. Cream of the crop. Um, there's still a lot of questions to be answered. If you think Clemson is going to go away, if you think that um, North Carolina is going to go away, what, go away without a fight, I mean Oregon struggled. Notre Dame definitely struggled. Uh, Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State struggled. No, no, no. and Iowa State. Yeah. Oh, Iowa State. Yeah. Ohio State struggled too. Ohio the State struggled too. What the game was really was they they almost lost that game. If yeah. uh, Morgan would have just connected a couple of more times, they would have been so timid uh, on uh, uh, towards the passing game. They would have been fine in that game. But um, 
at the same time, man, there's a lot of football to be played, and we're sitting here worried about one game that we won. It wasn't the way that you wanted to start the season, but I don't think that's how you want to end the season. So let's let things play out, you know? We won the game. I'm over it. I'm cool. It is what it is. Let's go ahead and go, you know? Uh, yeah. And before you move on, uh, just on that note, like and you were talking about earlier, you know, OU, the – OU is where, you know, we, we all saw that game, but it could be worse. It could be, you know, there's a lot of teams that wish they were in OU spot, like, you know, Clemson, obviously, and especially with Clemson because, like, you know, there's a reason their fans are probably really, really kind of worried right now because they know they know what's on their schedule, and it's not much. There's really nothing left on their schedule that, you know, gets perks your ears up. You know, that was that was the game, and they blew it. So now they they literally have to win every game. If they want a shot at getting back into the playoffs, because if they lose another one, it's over. And that's why I said it time and time again in every other podcast that we did. The Big 12 is the second best conference in the nation. It's better than the ACC. We went not in one. We went, I think they went uh, the Big 12 went not in one to start this start the year. Yeah. Their top three teams lost. And now you're looking at the ACC. You're saying Clemson, you can't lose. You can't afford to lose another game. You're not going to make the playoffs if you don't. North Carolina. I'm gonna be honest with you. They already shot themselves in the foot. They're out. They would have to run the table and then beat Clemson in the championship game just to be able to make it to the playoff. But when you look at Clemson, you say Clemson, you have no room. You have no room. No. You have no room to lose any other game. Like, you have to run the table to get in there. So, almost half almost half of the Pac-12 teams lost, too. Or I think half of them. I know, like, five of the six Pac-12 North teams lost. Yeah, you know, Washington, what the heck? Washington, what the heck? They lost I, to FCS, I Montana. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, real, real quick, though, real quick, though, um, how do you feel about uh, – the, the whole uh, expansion with Cincinnati and BYU and all that. I think it's going to be good for the Big 12, like the remaining Big 12, like whatever that, you know, now if, if they all end up officially getting there, you know, I think it's going to be good for them as far as like, you know, good as far as relative to what the, what could have happened, which is, you know, them just dissolving and then everybody dispersing, dispersing and everything. But it's not – it's not going to make them stronger. They're still going to be weak, a weaker conference because OU and Texas are leaving. Um, so I think that uh, that addition of four is not going to, not even going to be close to making up for it. But it, it will, it will keep them, you know, somewhere on the totem pole of uh, college football. But it's just, you know, it's. I think it's making a bit the best of a bad situation. I do think and wish and maybe hope that. Somehow they can work Memphis into the situation because I've always, I've always maybe I'm just maybe it's an unpopular opinion, but I've always felt like Memphis is like a, just like this kind of, I don't know, untapped resource. Like they're, they're like they're sitting so perfectly location wise, you know, up and down over there in SEC territory. They got you know, great athletics, you know, outside of football. Obviously, basketball's been pretty good. They got a lot of other teams out there. I mean, and then football's been pretty good. You know, they the last five years or so, they've, like, made strides. You know, they're definitely – you know, they're not ruling the AAC yet or anything, but they're up there. They, they've beaten UCF a time or two. Um, they're hanging with Cincinnati. 
Like they make they they do they make plays and everything. So they they put guys into the league. So I just I don't know if they're ever gonna get you know if the Big Twelve is ever gonna come around to Memphis. <clears throat> but you know even if they don't and they just get the four that they're talking about, it's 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 okay for the Big Twelve. But it's just it's not gonna they're not gonna you know gain respect I guess from the rest of the you know Big Ten SEC types of the world. So what I have to say is this right here. Um, let me go back to uh, this summer at the SEC media days. Uh, put myself in the same light as Jimbo Fisher. Be careful what you wish for because the Big 12 is it's not for the week, okay? The Big 12 is not for the week, Cincinnati, BYU. Here's what I have to say about this. I don't – in the next eight years – I don't see BYU or Cincinnati playing for a Big 12 championship. That's just what I don't, if, I, if, Luke, if Luke Fickle stays at Cincinnati, that might be the only place I disagree with you, but like I don't I definitely don't see BYU. I feel like BYU is way arrived. So here here's my thing. You take OU and Texas out of the equation, okay? Cincinnati comes to Stillwater. They're not winning that game. OSU goes to Cincinnati, that's a toss-up game. BYU, like once every five years, BYU has an NFL quarterback or somebody who's just, you know, really pretty elite. But you're going to be playing in the Big 12. Outside of, like, Texas Tech and Baylor, who will be good every other year, you got to – I mean, with Dave Miranda, too, being down there, come on, man. It's 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 going to be a lot to ask, you know. Um UCF, the, the thing that UCF has had over a lot of teams that they played is the fact that they run a Big 12-type offense. They run like a yeah. 20, 2013, 2015, 2016 Big 12-style of offense, just really explosive like that. You're going to be coming to a conference where they, they've they seen that for years. It's not like you're coming in there and you're just jumping on them with that. So, you know, but outside of the Florida – um, commits and the Florida talent the talent pool that you can draw on, what else are you doing that's going to be a surprise to anybody in the Big 12? Money-wise, it works out. Their revenues are going to, you know, go up, up, and up. But the move overall, I'm just like, eh, okay, this is great. But I, And I'm glad that they have a home to go to and you don't have to see some of these, um, these teams go to foreign territories. But, I mean, our, our guest that we had on the show, Larry uh, uh, Landry Burdine, and, you know, he talked about how, you know, TCU is used to, to uh, schedules like that, weird schedules. They like stuff like that. We don't. We're traditional. They're not. So, um, you know, I it's the right move now to save the conference, but it's a move that was made way too late. And oh, I, know yeah, them, I know I know Bowlesby and some of the other uh, Big 12 officials are saying that, you know, OU and Texas vetoed a lot of this stuff. But at the same time, I mean, come on, man. There's there's a lot that you could have did, but you didn't do it. But this move to the SEC has been talked about for a long time, to the Big 10 for a long time, to the Pac-12 for a long time. It's just – it happened. And there's nothing you can do with it, so you have to salvage it by bringing in those teams – do they add anything to you for to you? No, not really. Um, 
I still don't think they're adding Cincinnati. I don't think that does anything for you because you're still not going to be able to go up there into Ohio if you're Ohio if you're Oklahoma State and say, oh yeah, you should come to OSU. You still got to deal with um, Ohio State, Michigan. You know, granted, you're not aiming at those top those top tier, um, uh, you know, players because you know Gundy. Every now and then he'll go get a four or a four star player. So like every blue moon, but notorious he's not notoriously known for getting those type of that type of talent. So what does it really do for you? Hell, I'd go get more Florida teams before I go and get Cincinnati and BYU. But that's just me. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyways. I guess uh, I guess we would ba- basically agree that you know it's the right move, but who cares? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, if Bob, you would like to come on the show and talk to us and correct us, and that'd be perfectly fine. We'd love to have you on the show. <laughs> we have a, have a quite a few questions for you. <laughs> um, See if we can get him to throw horns down. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Flag me. Find me. Do whatever you got to do. I'm throwing the horns down. If I get to go to that OU Texas game, I said to be the first person to call. 1-800-COLLECT. You're getting a uh, collect call from uh, Dallas County Jail. Seth, <laughs> 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 I'm in this month. <laughs> I just whooped this dude's hand. Yeah. He got mad. He was, yeah. he was talking that noise. Also, to all you people out there who are saying Spencer Rattler is not in the same league as Matt Coral, Corral, whatever his name is from Ole Miss, shame on you. You should be slapped with a thousand bats, all right? Because that is stupid. He just got that Trevor Knight curse. Oh, uh, yeah. Katie Perry earlier today, she tweeted uh, at Matt Corral or something, said something about, about him and everything. So it's like Katy Perry cursed uh, Trevor Knight back in 2014. Now she moved that curse on to Matt Corral, so R.I.P. Ole Miss football. That had to be one of the weirdest game day guests I've ever seen. <laughs> right. You know, a lot of people are, uh, uh, came around. A lot of people were making – they were like, he has no personality, no this, no that. Some Somebody tweeted out, they said, I doubt that he knows anything about football after watching this. I was <laughs> like, man, you probably shouldn't make any public appearances after that. But Yeah. But anyway, let's get to the last segment, Seth. We got the big games of the week. But before yeah, yeah. that, let's do our lightning round of college pickle. All, All right. right. Tulsa at Oklahoma, who you got? Um, I got OK State. You know, I mean, it's 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 funny, though, because, like, it just seems like OSU's always good in this close, weird close game with Tulsa, and I, I don't think it's going to be any different. So, OSU. I got Tulsa 16-10. <laughs> That's a weird score, but I got them 16-10. I hope to see it. Okay. Texas A&M and Colorado. I hate this. I'll, I'll go a and I, I I don't want to pick A&M, but I got them. A&M, big. Washington and Michigan. Man, this one's tough for me, uh, especially with how the Huskies looked last week. I'm up. I'm – I'm gonna go Michigan. Uh, I don't like picking Michigan. I don't like picking Jim Harbaugh, but I'm gonna do it. I got Michigan, uh, 23, 23 to ten. Okay. Okay. All right. Utah 
and BYU. Oh yeah, it's a nice little rivalry here. Uh, is this the Battle of the Mormons? Basically, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go BYU since it's just because it's at BYU. So that's I'm gonna go with them. I'm staying in the Pac-12, baby. Go <laughs> Yeah. All right. Stanford at USC. Man, I'll go USC. Just I didn't like what Stanford looked like last week. And you know, yeah. All right. I got I got a USC by 15. 15 yeah. Plus. That so sounds 15. about right. Yeah. All right. Big games of the week. We talked about Texas at Arkansas. Yeah. Are you still confident in uh in Arkansas or how you feeling? Yeah, I'm still going with Arkansas by and a close one, maybe a field goal. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm still I'm still vibing with it. I feel like um I'm gonna give it to to Arkansas. Home field advantage is gonna play into it. I think that as long as they control the game and they don't try to get too freaky with the scheme, I think you'll be all right down there. Okay. Uh, so yeah. I'm gonna go. Like I said, 27-20, horns down. All right, Iowa at Iowa State. College game State. day. Hey, Iowa notoriously kicks Iowa State's ass. <laughs> oh okay? God, yeah. Oh yeah. So I would say I, I'm going with Iowa. Okay, I got Iowa by um, by ten. Man, I just I feel like at this point. It's almost just like law of averages, and I feel like that's like you're right. I wouldn't just for whatever reason they just always beat Iowa State. Mm-hmm. I, even with Matt Campbell, it just has nothing has changed really in that. So, but I just feel like at something's got at some point they got to get one. So I, I'm, man, especially when they looked so bad against Northern Iowa, which we both. I think we talked about that was a possibility because they just do that and they come out of the year every year slow and just look unprepared or whatever, or just asleep. And say then it, say I, it. Say it. I'm gonna pick Iowa State though. I'm gonna I, I I already know me just putting it out in the universe. I can already see like myself watching this game and it's like fourth quarter and they're down by like nine and I'm just like, what why did I pick them? But I I'm gonna go with them. Iowa, <laughs> Iowa beats them anywhere that they they play them. It seems like every year Iowa's like, you pick the place at the time, we'll be there. Yeah, yeah, that's like a true big brother, little brother mentality. Like they just little brother just cannot beat little uh, big brother in that one. That's like that's probably almost as bad as OU and OSU. That one, that one right there, like, almost as bad. Blown, you're not even a full uh, blown uh, uh, tornado. You're a, you're a cyclone. <laughs> They're a dust devil. Right. The last game, Oregon at Ohio State. Oh, I talked to my aunt, and I know my aunt. He was saying that I would take Ohio State. He didn't want to, but with Thibodeau being injured, and I'm sure he's going to play this year, this uh, this week, but he's not going to be 100. I know my aunt was like, Nah, I got to go with Ohio State. They'll get it done at home. Who you got? Yeah, I feel like I probably would have gone Ohio State before the Thibodeau injury, but after that, and like you said, yeah, he'll probably play, but he's not going to be 100%. He might not even be 90% because it looked pretty bad. Like I saw that he got rolled up on. So, yeah, I think I got Ohio State, and I don't think it's going to be that close. Like I think it will be competitive. 
it'll I got a hostage. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll be com- it'll be competitive. Like Ohio State probably by like ten to fourteen points. That's what I got. But yeah, I think if if Thibodeau was healthy and you know Oregon was clicking and also had all their dudes, I got I could have seen this as being like a toss up honestly because I I'm still not that overly impressed with Ohio State's defense. I still think they can be had, but I don't. I don't know if Oregon's got necessarily the offense to do it. I think, I think as a team overall, they're solid, but they don't have one area on the team that just wows me. So I'm gonna go with Ohio State, the the shoe, the home crowd, all that. Okay, so after all of that being said, who you got in the game? Ohio State. Not so fast, my friend. Okay, <laughs> Oregon. What? Go Mighty Ducks. Oregon Mighty Ducks. Oregon oh. Mighty Ducks by 10 in the shoe. Ooh. By 10 that, in the shoe. I, right? I want to see it. I do. By 10 in the shoe. Man, we all know they can be had in the shoe, though. We all remember that uh, the the famous flag plant. Oh, they shouldn't they shouldn't plant a flag uh, a flag. And uh, and uh, at the shoe, they should just put their their mascot in the middle and have him do push ups on the uh, <laughs> <laughs> like that, he's that, been like break dancing or something, like in the yeah. middle of it. You know, you know, the Oregon Duck, uh, back when Dixon was the quarterback, that's what they would do, that was his thing. He would do push ups oh. every touchdown, so they should have they should have the, the uh, mascot yeah. the, uh, do the push up oh. thing, uh, in the that middle. Was way of more disrespectful. Yeah. That would be fire. That yes. would be fire. That would piss off so many people. <laughs> you like fans yeah. rushing the field trying to get to them. <laughs> no, nah, but yeah, no, I got Ohio State, man. So last Wait, week, no. well, oh, before we get off of here, UCLA. Oh yeah, I called I mean, that one. I mean, hey, hey, and all you fans, you could be LSU right now. You got beat by people who wear sissy blue shirts. <laughs> oh, Ed Orgeron, oh my gosh. Question, big question of the day, and I forgot to even ask you that. Big question of the day. How long does Ed Orgeron last as coach of LSU? Man, if they have another season like they did last year, but now it's like a full season, if they basically if they go 500 this year or even worse, I don't know if he makes it through this year. Like, because I feel like how long did uh, was it old Gene Chizik? How long did he last at Auburn after they won the national championship with Cam Newton? Because I feel like it wasn't that long. I like, think it was like a, maybe two years or so. And then yeah, was it was like yeah, it was pretty quick. So like I feel like. There's just if there's not a lot of forgiven uh, forgiveness in the in the SEC, especially in you know teams like that. Like well, you the, win the problem is, years. the problem is, um, they wanted Chiswick at first. Nobody wanted o- Ogeron to be the coach of uh, right, of <laughs> right. So yeah, they just kind of settled on him by default, and then uh, so yeah, like I mean yeah, if they don't if they if they win if they go five and seven or even six and six. I think this might be it for LS, uh, for Edo at LSU. Like this season, like it's not out of the realm of possibility for me. Like 
because this with the product just doesn't look good. Like ever since Joe Burrow and Joe Brady, all them dudes left, like it does not look good. Like, and I mean, yeah, they they still got dudes on defense, still got you know athletes on offense and everything, but like it's just like there's just no cohesion. Like it just I don't know what they're even trying to do out there. Like freaking you let UCLA run all over you, and I mean like yeah, I think UCLA this is definitely the best team they've had since Chip Kelly's been there. And for the over a decade, probably actually, but it's still UCLA. I mean, then it's a pack, it's like a mediocre Pac-12 team against <laughs> what should be one of the better SEC programs, and like it looked like like UCLA just handled them. So yeah, that's that's a, not a good look at all. That might be strike one for uh, Ed Orgeron. And my sissy blue shirt. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that that whole thing that was just a debacle. That was just yeah, yeah. If you if you're at LS if you're an LSU fan and you actually flew out there for that game, <laughs> I'd ask for a refund back from the university. I'd be like, what, what was this? What was this? But uh, anyways, well, I guess we'll get another uh, weekend of football. Uh, yep. You got the Cowboys or the Bucks tonight? I got Bucks. I got. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm CD. Yeah, yeah, I, I want CD to ball out for sure. Like I'm gonna always root for that, and that's how I always am with the uh, the Cowboys because I'm I'm not a I've never been a Cowboys fan, but if they ever got like an OU player, I'm always gonna hope they do well. So, um, yeah, like I just, but I'm not picking against the Cowboys just because I I'm not a Cowboys fan. Like because I don't really care for the bucks either like like i don't care for all that they did last year winning everything but like i just I, i'm gonna go i think i think they got more answers right now but i'm curious to see how dak looks you know like after coming off that injury i didn't really watch anything he did um in the preseason but I'm curious to see if he looks uh looks like he's back to what he was you didn't miss anything because he didn't really play so oh yeah i figured he didn't play much so. Yeah. Nah. But uh, anyways, y'all, that has been another episode of the Horns Down Podcast. Seth, go ahead and plug yourself, bro. Yeah, you can find uh, some of my stuff over at crimsonandcreammachine.com. Um, I'm writing up the previews for the games. Um, obviously, my preview was uh, way off, or at least my prediction was way off for the two-lane game, but I think a lot of people's were pretty off. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and then you can find me on Twitter, at Seth Oliveris. You can see it right there. Um, so, yeah, just uh, hit me up and, you know, let's let's keep this college football train going. All right. I am Chris with a K. You guys can find me on Twitter. You can talk to me. You can say what's up. If you want to talk noise, I welcome that as well. But, uh, yeah, no, me and Seth, we are uh, done with this episode. We will be back in action, hopefully Sunday, to uh, give you guys a recap of this uh uh, Western Carolina game. If not, then we'll hit you guys up in the uh, next week. Because we're definitely going to talk a lot about Texas. Because uh, I think this game is going to be extremely telling. So, like we said, horns down for peace. <laughs> <laughs>